This episode is brought to you by MGMA Events. The Medical Practice Excellence Financial and Operations Conference 2023 will be held March 19th through the 21st in Orlando, Florida. During our premier spring event, attendees will gain key insights from both disciplines and learn about topics that shape the future success of medical practice organizations. Go to mgma.com slash mpe23 to learn more and to register today. The latest value-based care report from Humana outlines many interesting findings and highlights how some physician practices found creative paths to success. Check it out now at humana.com slash vbc. Remember, Humana is working closely with physician practices on their value-based journeys, so go to humana.com slash vbc to learn more. Hello, this is Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA. As part of our Student Scholarship Awards program, we're featuring interviews with select recipients so you can hear about their experiences and their healthcare journey. Let's go to our conversation with Jacob Shields now. Well, Jake, uh, welcome to the MGMA Insights podcast. Glad to have you on here. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Thanks for thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So give our listeners a little bit about your background. You were telling me, first of all, that you're in school right now. Give us an idea. Where are you in school and what are you studying? Um, so I am a second year dual degree student MBA MHA at Cornell University uh, in my first semester of the second year. So um, I've split time between the MBA and, and MHA programs really to try to get the maximum amount of healthcare related education that I can. Um, so I've, I've taken as many as that fit into my schedule pretty much. Uh, and right now, Let's see. We are in look, learning some healthcare financial management. I'm learning like SQL for healthcare managers. Um, I have a couple strategy classes. Um, I'm taking like a, a pretty cool crypto fintech class as well, just to kind of like expand your horizons a little mm -hmm. bit. So just, you know, like I said previously, just trying to learn as much as I can and take advantage of the great resources that are available to me at, at Cornell University, as well as being involved in you know, probably too much stuff extracurricularly. Uh, uh, everything from the healthcare club to the, you know, to the beer club here at here, uh, in the NBA. So it's it's been a it's been a great ride so far, and I can't wait to you know for the rest of this semester and next. That is great. So, what scholarship did you receive? Um, I was I was the second place in the 2022 Leaders Scholarship. Um, it's a great honor. Uh, it you know. Every every interaction I've had with MGMA has been super positive, and I'm super honored to have received that scholarship. Um, nope. Kind of came out of the blue; I didn't really expect it, but it was pretty cool. Was yeah, pretty cool. that is cool. How did you hear about it, and how will you uh, be using that scholarship? Well, um, so I was kind of poking around the internet, and I saw the organization, and and I and I joined the organization, and and saw that I could apply for a scholarship, and then. I kind of wrote a personal statement, you know, just kind of how I feel about 
healthcare and where I see my place in it and my future. And uh, Amanda Johnson of MGMA kind of reached out to me and told me that I'd be receiving a scholarship, um, which, you know, for, for putting your life on hold for two years to go, you know, quit your job and go really immerse yourself in education, um, any little bit of the scholarship will help, you know, sort of pack away at that tuition and stuff like that. So that's what I'll be using it for, um, you know, to help kind of alleviate that sort of cost of tuition. So it's, uh, I'm very grateful and very honored to have received it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Now you were telling me about some of the classes earlier. What's a favorite class and favorite teacher that you've been uh, getting to learn uh, about and learn from uh, while you've been in this program? Um, Cornell has so many incredible faculty members, um, but there's a pretty unique portion of the MHA. They're called, uh, they're called PLICs. They're practitioner-led intensive courses. And there's this one course that was taught on a, all day on a Saturday, a college football Saturday, mind you, uh, that I gave up from eight to five to listen to a, you know, a, a Cornell Sloan MHA alum. His name is Carter Dredge. He is the lead futurist at SSM Health, and he teaches a class about alternative payment structures. Hmm. And, you know, you might hear that and be like, wow, that sounds super boring. But like, he's pretty dynamic, like has that kind of vibe of I want to be that guy when I grow up kind of kind of feel um, and just like super inspiring to learn from him and and learn about how, um, you know, real life examples about how hospitals are are, you know, restructuring their payment models to kind of move towards value-based care. And that's something that's super interesting to me um, and provide and how providers are, are kind of shifting towards that model, which I, I found super fascinating. What is it about value-based care that gets you excited? I mean, the just the potential of what that can be for healthcare or what, what do you like about that? I think, I think it's, it's a step in the correct direction to kind of realign incentives um, of, a, of a healthcare system that, that needs improvement. Um, I think like value-based care and it's, and it's not the same model for everything. So it's kind of like um, figuring out which type of payment structure is, is best for each area of the hospital, each different type of procedure, whether it be the OR or like um, something in cardiology or something like that. So I think it's it's it makes sense. It's not a one size fits all solution. It takes a lot of work, but I do think it's a, a step in the right direction, realigning incentives and hopefully aligning. If we're going to spend as much as we do, and costs are as high as they are, we should at least be getting the quality uh, out of that cost, which currently we are spending more than than you know we're getting in terms of quality. So I believe the value based care is part of the answer uh, and the, part of the future of healthcare for sure. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll ask you about the future of healthcare in a little bit, but um, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about the dual program you're in. So you're doing the MHA and MBA. Mm -hmm. What was the thought process behind that um, to combine those two? Um, Cornell um, had a unique program where I could do both degrees in two years, um, which wasn't available everywhere. And I figured... I know I'm passionate about healthcare. I knew I wanted to kind of expand my knowledge in that field. And I was going to take a lot of healthcare classes anyway, probably a lot of the classes via the MHA program or, or dip into that. So I figured, you know, why not get twice as many degrees 
have twice as many, you know, connections in my network grow twice as large in both programs. And I've learned a lot from my peers, my, my professors and my, you know, the administrators in both programs. I just figured if I'm going to do this, why, you know, and, and this opportunity exists, why not just maximize my time and the value that I could get out of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's busy and, um, but it's a lot of fun and, and I don't regret it. I would do it all over again. No question. Okay. Besides the beer club, um, are there any extracurriculars you're, uh, engaging in right now? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm on a couple different, um, a couple different boards. Uh, I'm on the healthcare club board naturally, uh, which we just did a, a, an in-person New York city symposium at, with wild Cornell medicine, which was super successful last week. That was super awesome. We got a bunch of awesome speakers come in and tell us all about, disruption and innovation in the healthcare space, which I thought was, was awesome. Um, I'm in a, the big red consulting group where we help um, sort of smaller businesses handle consulting problems and give, you know, people real life uh, consulting experience. Um, I'm on the board of the golf club, um, which, you know, is, is fun as well. What's your handicap? uh, Not good. I don't want to say it on the podcast. (laughs) 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 uh but yeah ski snowboard club basketball club um consulting club in general so try to do a little bit of everything and and like i said really try to maximize as much of my time on this campus as possible i think it's pretty remote so it's not like i'm traveling every weekend or pretty much here amongst your peers so Mm -hmm. maximizing and, and you know i need to work on saying no but i haven't (laughs) I'm <laughs> very good at that yet, but um, we're, we're uh, you know, trying to do as much as we can while we're here, for sure. Yeah, well, that that is that is fantastic. So it doesn't sound, you don't have time to also be working right now, do you? You're going strictly school full time? Yes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a TA for a class, but but that's about it. Um, other, you know, you do an internship in between your okay. first and second years, but um I don't currently, I'm not currently working full-time now. Well, you were talking about that earlier then. So give our listeners a little bit of your background then. Were you working in healthcare before uh, you got into the program or what were you doing prior to that? Yeah. So I, um, right out of college, I sold employee benefits insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I made like one sale in six months. It was really difficult. and, uh, and, And I was not a great insurance salesman. And I felt like, I wasn't helping the problems that I was seeing, you know, within healthcare itself. So I pivoted to, um, I was a project manager for Epic. I worked in implementation for Epic systems, uh, up in Verona and got to travel around and work with healthcare providers in there, implement the cardiology module, um, really, you know, found my passion there. And I felt like I was actually getting out of bed every morning and, and making, you know, healthcare a better place piece by piece. Um, kind of inspired me, but I didn't want to be an IT, um, an IT guy forever. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get a more holistic picture and sharpen my business skills and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then came back to business school to pursue a career in healthcare consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I did before. And then this summer I spent my time at, uh, McKinsey and company in, in Cleveland and I worked in their healthcare practice this summer. I got a healthcare project, which was Super awesome. I learned a lot um, in the 10 weeks that I was there, and, and I'm excited to be going back uh, to hopefully do more healthcare provider work. So, 
is that what the ultimate goal is to be a healthcare consultant or where, where do you see yourself, you know, down the road? Um, yeah, I, I'm one of those guys that's had a life plan for a long time. Um, so I, I, this was, a, this was the next stop for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, after my MBA, I wanted to land at a, at a healthcare, a place where I could do healthcare consulting okay. and learn about the different issues that healthcare providers are facing. Um, and learn about how to fix those issues and like mm-hmm. just really become an expert in that field. Um, and, you know, really try to make some changes, do some good in the, in the private sector first. And then my ultimate goal, eventually I would like to combine all of the things that I've learned and collected over my career, the solutions that I've found that work the, the best and kind of build a platform, um, and run for run for office eventually in the public sector as as sort of like a healthcare candidate. So that is my ultimate goal. Um, but really, the, the the bottom line is to to create positive change in the healthcare space, whether that's private or public sector. I'm not real sure yet. Okay. Um, still trying to figure out you know exactly the path forward to that. But but that's really my ultimate goal. And and I think that right now that's how I want to get there. But you know we'll see. Time will tell. Right. That that's really exciting. So last question then. You've alluded to this a little bit, but I want to get your final thoughts here. When you're thinking about healthcare, because you're, you know, you're in that academic setting right now. So there's a lot of talk and debate and reflection. So when you're getting out the crystal ball, you're looking into the future, what do you see the future of healthcare looking like? And and uh what specifically will be your role in that? Um wow. That's a very <laughs> It's like trying to eat an elephant. Uh, so I think, you know, there's there's a lot of what I would call and why I want to go into healthcare. Um, it touches every single one of our lives. And there's a there's a lot of opportunity for for improvement and growth. Um, but I do see, you know, the healthcare industry continually being just disrupted. Um, everything from primary care to pharma and life sciences, like um, that's what we heard a lot about at this, you know, this, this uh, healthcare symposium, the healthcare club just put on and I, and, you know, their, their messages are echoing around in my head um, about how, you know, they're constantly striving to innovate. But I think you'll see a lot more healthcare technology investment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll see a lot more focus on, you know, people's well-being and behavioral health, uh, more preventative stuff over treating, you know, Rather than just treating the symptoms, we're trying to get to the root cause of things to kind of really lower the cost of care, hopefully. Uh, like we talked about earlier, a shift towards value-based care. Um, I, I really do think that that is, um, that's going to be super important in, in sort of solving this puzzle. Um, I think AI and machine learning will really help sort of process the massive amounts of healthcare data that, that we have today and help people make better decisions and, and help people um, diagnose problems better um, and, and allow, you know, the, the efficiency and effectiveness of care to kind of be, um, be maximized. And then kind of, I could, I could keep going, I guess, but like, more <laughs> like consumer, consumer centric as yeah. well, you yeah. kind of see that as, uh, and, and more localized too. So that's kind of my initial thoughts. Um, I think about this problem a lot. I don't know. Um, I know in, in my future, I kind of talked about it. Yeah. I think that the recipe is smart 
you know, bite-sized pieces of policy paired with private innovation that is going to take the problems that we see in the healthcare space and kind of work to solve them. I don't think it's going to be sweeping change right now, but I think my job is going to be hopefully on the cutting edge of those private innovations and hopefully some smart public policy to to kind of really um, make the healthcare space better in general. Um, yeah. As a public and elected public official, do you already have uh, a platform set up or have you, <laughs> have you given that any thought? Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to predict, you know, when, when that happens, where I'll be, but I did, I did, I have done an independent study um, mm -hmm. with one of my professors, uh, Dr. Sean Nicholson. We were talking about how much smart policy is out there that, you know, just with the nature of politics right now, just might never get passed. And I think there's a lot of smart policy out there that if implemented, you know, you could, you could see those little bite-sized pieces that would, that would tally up to a larger impact of, you know, kind of cost reduction and, and, you know, efficiency and things like that. Um, so I've been looking into some, some of those policies um, and, and I did some research last year and um, hopefully trying to maybe even move that forward in my consulting career to kind of take those nuggets of ideas and those policies and, and try to implement them at private hospitals and then hopefully kind of build. I mean, there's so many there are so many good ideas out there and really smart, like health economists and things that have already done the legwork for us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So taking those ideas and kind of creating a platform Frankenstein's monster kind of deal out of, out of these really smart ideas, I think is my first step and maybe putting my own spin on them and, and using my experiences to kind of adjust and, and see where that can take us. Um, but that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Um, that can also change based on the environment that we're in. So I, I know healthcare is moving fast. So uh, hopefully by the time I, I, I run, things are even better than they, you know, hopefully are, are trending in the right direction and I can hopefully try to accelerate that change. Oh, that sounds great. Well, Jake Shields, um, congratulations on being an MGMA scholarship recipient and thanks for joining us on the MGMA Insights podcast. Thank you, Daniel. It was a pleasure talking to you. Take care and uh, best of luck. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Jake Shields, recipient of an MGMA Student Scholarship Award. If you want to know more about the program, contact us at awards at mgma.com. Also, thanks to our sponsors, Humana and MGMA Events. Thanks for listening to the MGMA Podcast Network. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.